lift up our historic atmosphere of glory in this house. Thank you, Father. Yeah, yeah. Lift that up. Have your way. 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 Do only what you can do, God. Every demonic force be destroyed. Annihilate it now, Lord. Have your way. Yes, God. God, we bless you. God, we give you the glory. And God, we give you the praise. Send Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you want the Lord to have his way in your life, would you clap your hands and give God some glory? Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Glory to God. Uh, amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, sir. Let, let me tell you this. Um, the Spirit of God rests upon this house. Daughter had no idea of what the Lord had given me today. And she began to declare about the glory of God. The glory of God. See, when spirit bears witness with spirit, the flesh has no, no place in it. So it's not a whole lot to be said when the spirit connects with the spirit. Because it's God speaking and not man. Had no idea. Talking about the glory of God. Come on, lift your hands one more time. I declare vessels of glory in this house. Glory carriers. Glory presenters. Glory manifestors in this house. That every earthly vessel that's assembled in this August body of believers today will carry your glory out into the earth realm. And Father, your presence will transform environments and atmospheres as we take your glory, God, into the marketplace, into the highways and the byways. God, that your glory, God, will rain down like a consuming fire, Father, falling upon the altars of the hearts of your people. Send down your glory. Send down your glory. Father, we receive your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Can we clap our hands for the worship on today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome to the house of the Lord on this morning. I'm going to do my best to give you all that I can in the time that we have. That God's glory be revealed in this place. Hallelujah. God, we bless you and God, we thank you. And God, we give you the glory. Let's go to work this morning, but before we do, I want to make sure that uh, we touch bases on a couple things on today. For those of you who have decided 
to make Elevate Church your home, make sure you sign up for our Next Step class. Make sure you complete that so you can begin the process of serving in the house of the Lord. Every ministry will be dealing with all sorts of things to see that you are set free and not just delivered. Amen. I'm going to say that again. To see that you are set free and not just delivered. So it's not a deliverance ministry. It's a liberating ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. And then, of course, we have our workplace skills uh, program that's starting as well. We have uh, a table out front that you can sign up for workplace skills uh, at the end of service on today. Uh, that program is for ages 14 to 24. Employment opportunities there are available as well. And then we have a church dedication uh, outreach program that's going to be kicking off uh, as well. Date and more information to come along with that. And then we're lifting up this morning. Brother Casey, uh, the mother of his children, have passed away on last night. So we want to keep his family in prayer on this morning. Matter of fact, let's go before the Lord in prayer now. Father, we thank you for peace and comfort coming upon their family now that the same comfort that which we have been comforted with, we send it forth now into their households. Lord, wrap your loving arms around them in the weighing moments and the hours of the night when they're weeping, Lord God, and mourning for the loss of the mother, of the auntie, the sister, the grandmother, the cousin. Father, that you will wrap your arms around. Let them feel your love and your peace and your comfort. Father, we lift up Brother Casey. We thank you, God, for tempering his heart. Knowing, God, assuredly that you are the God that comforts. So give him peace, God, as he cares for his grandkids and his loved ones. As he stands forth as the priest, that he would declare, thus said the Lord over the family. And, Father, we bless him and we give you the glory, God, for it. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Grab your Bibles right quick. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. Amen. I got a word for you on this morning grab second chronicles chapter number five also if you would grab romans chapter number eight and if you would stand to your feet as it is a custom here as we read god's word that we honor god by standing to our feet romans chapter number eight verse number 29 and then grab chronicles second chronicles chapter number five verse number 11 is where we'll begin reading Amen. I got one shouter in the house already. Amen. Hopefully the rest of you will catch up with that shouter and you'll shout right along. Amen. Ain't nothing like a unified shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Precious Miriam. She's a worshiper too. Hallelujah. If you have 2 Chronicles chapter number 5 and also Romans chapter number 8, say amen. If you're still looking for it, say Hallelujah. Wait for me to put it on the screen. Say, thank you, Jesus. It's too many of y'all in here. <laughs> Amen. We make our faith declaration on this morning. So if you would repeat these words after me, as we confess, would you say, today I'll be taught the word of God. My mind is ready. And my spirit is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. 
I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Say it again. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, talk to your neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Prophesy that over your other neighbor. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shall I'm blessed to be a blessing? My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. Shall I'm blessed. Now say amen. Amen. Second Chronicles is where we begin. Chapter number 5, verse number 11 through 14. And it came to pass when the priests come out of the holy place. For all the priests that were present were sanctified. Oh God, if we could get back to a sanctified church. From the altar, from the pulpit to the pew. Not just the priests, but the people. Not just the priests, but the people. Because we hold the priests in a high standard, but we forget about us. That God is requiring all of us to live up to the same standard. But the priests start off as the example, but it's the example of which you are supposed to live out yourself. So don't knock the pedestal from up under the preacher unless you yourself. Ah, I'll leave it alone. And all of the priests that were presented or present were sanctified. And did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them asked for Heman and Jeth, Jethutham, excuse me, with their sons and their children and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, <coughs> having cymbals and psalmstries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them, 120 priests sounding their trumpets. I want you to take note of the text. Underline 120 priests. <clears throat> 120 sounds familiar, I'm sure. For it was 120 that assembled on the day that the glory was restored. Somebody shout 120. 120. And it came even to pass that the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Somebody shout as one. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with their trumpets and their cymbals and their instruments of music. And praised the Lord saying, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Ah, that's music to my soul. That then the house was filled with the cloud. Even the house of the Lord. So that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. Here it is right now. Catch it. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house. Why did it feel? When did it feel? When they came in unison praising and thanking God, the glory of God filled the house. Why? Because the people were on one accord making one sound, and that sound ushered in the presence and the glory of God, and it filled the house. 
Hmm. Romans chapter number 8. Hallelujah. Did I give you Romans? Chapter number 8. Verse 29. For whom he did not foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did not, did he predestine. For he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, he also glorified. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. We ain't got to pray long. Just pray strong. Hallelujah. The glory, the glory of God. Can I tell you something? You can't receive the crown of glory unless you first endure the crown of thorns. Many people want the glory of God, but they don't want to endure the pain or the process it takes to get the glory. But in order to get the crown of glory, you must first endure the crown of thorns. For in it is the glory of God that is made manifest and revealed. So this morning, I want to talk about the restored glory. Somebody shout the glory. We see an account in 1 Samuel chapter number 4, verse number 21. In this account, we see uh, Ichabod is being birthed and Phinehas' wife is going through much pain and tribulation and travail in the birthing of Ichabod because of the stress of the glory of God fading away. The Ark of the Covenant is now captured by the Philistines. And in the midst of the Philistines capturing the Ark of the Covenant, Eli has two sons, Phinehas and Hophni. And these two were wayward sons. They were scoundrels, as the Bible called them. It's not my words, but it's God's words. They were scoundrels. They, they were PK kids on the run. They, they were PK kids who didn't live up to their faith. Uh, but they served in the house of God. And in verse number 21, she named the boy Ichabod saying the glory has departed from Israel because of the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband. She said the glory has departed from Israel and the ark of God has been captured. The ark of God has been captured. So Ichabod means there is no glory. Or better yet, the glory has departed. You know, there are many churches today that uh, does, the glory of God does not rest upon. There are many churches today where the glory of God is not made manifest. Because see, here's the thing, when the glory of God rests upon the house, it's difficult for you to operate in your flesh when the glory steps in. When the glory steps in, it's hard for you to look at your neighbor and to judge your neighbor because you're so focused on God, you don't see nobody else but him. You stop looking at yourself and all your frailties and your faults, your stumbles, your missteps and your mistakes. Why? Because you're in the presence of God and his glory shines so bright. Watch this. It covers even your own fault. The glory of God. And Phinehas' wife is in labor with the baby. And most theologians believe that because of the stress of losing her husband, she died in the midst of birth. 
But I have a strange belief in this myself is that I don't think it was the loss of her husband. But it was loss of the presence and the glory of God that caused so much stress. She'd rather die than to live without the glory. <laughs> oh, God, I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather die than not have the presence and the glory of God in my life. I'd rather not be in this world if I don't get to experience the power and the presence of my God. I think Paul said it, you know, uh, you know, I think I'd rather die and go and be with God, but it's better for me to stay here and be with you. I don't know whether it's better to live or to die. Paul had this encounter where he stated that, listen, it's better for me to go on and be in the glory of God. She died, giving birth, and upon her death, she declares the name of her son to be Ichabod. The glory has departed. <laughs> Some of us today, we have given up or have abandoned the hope and the idea of living for God. There are some Ichabods in the house today where the glory has escaped you. The glory of God has escaped you because of life and the cares of life, the vicissitudes of life. We forget about God. And she died. She aborted her life and the life that God had planned for her. Why? Because the glory had departed and faded away. Now, let's talk about Eli's sons. Because it really gives us a backdrop of what's going on in the text. And in 1 Samuel chapter number 2 verse number 12. Gives us details about Eli's son. And y'all remember Eli. Eli was a great prophet. He was a prophet of prophets. Matter of fact Eli was the one that raised up Samuel. And imparted great wisdom and know-how in Samuel's life. The Bible says Eli's sons were scoundrels. I told you what my words. It was God's words. They call them rascals, scoundrels. They had no regard for the Lord. Now it was the practice of the priest that whenever any of the people offered a sacrifice, the priest's servants would come out with a three-pronged fork in his hand while the meat was being boiled. And he would plunge the fork into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. Whatever the fork brought up, the priest would take for himself. This is how they treated all the Israelites who came to Shiloh. But even before the fat was burned, the priest's servant would come and say to the person who was sacrificing, give the priest some meat to roast. He won't accept boiled meat from you, but only raw. Well, I wish I didn't have to do it, but I, for those of you who like raw meat, <laughs> okay, I won't do it. Sushi. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, this is the reason why the glory of the Lord departed. Departed glory. First, they dishonored the sacrifice. It was a Levitical law that the meat be roasted, be burned, and be cooked. Phinehas and Hophni were priests in the temple and they served the house of God. But they dishonored God's sacrifices. They would stick their fork in the sacrifice and take whatever came up. They were only to eat the meat of the hip bone. But yet they would eat whatever was their pleasure and their desire. What desires and pleasures you have that's dishonoring and displeasing to God? What have you put your hands to that is displeasurable or displeasing 
to God? What law have you broken in God that you just said, I, that's what I like, that's what I desire, that's what I want, that's what I would have? They dishonored the sacrifices. But not only that, they dishonored God's ways. Hophni and Phinehas were priests, but yet they did some dishonorable, despicable things. They slept with women in the temple. The women who came to serve in the temple, they slept with those women. Dishonor God's ways. Now, before you begin to judge them, <laughs> before you begin to look at their lives and be judgmental of them. Now, Phinehas committed adultery because he was married and slept with women. But Jesus came back to clarify the whole issue and said, if a man looks at a woman with lust in his eyes. He has committed adultery in his heart. So some of us are dishonoring God's ways because we're looking at, ah, <laughs> she's a brick house. Mighty body. Coke bottle, 36, 24, 36. And so we're doing the same injustice or we're doing God dishonor the same way in the house of God. Some of us are not coming for the word, but we're coming for the woman. Some of us are not coming for the manna, but we're coming for the man. I'm going to find my man in the house of the Lord. No, you better find Jesus. Hallelujah. So they dishonor God's ways in the house of God. But here it is, 1 Samuel chapter number 4. Not only did they dishonor God's sacrifice and God's ways, but 1 Samuel chapter 4 in verse number 12, it says, we're doomed. Will we deliver us? Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? They are the gods who struck the, struck the Egyptians with all kind of plagues in the wilderness. Be strong, Philistines. Be men, or you will be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. 30,000 died. And the ark of God was captured. And Eli's sons, two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. So they dishonored God's sacrifice. They dishonored God's ways. But watch, they also dishonored God's presence. Because the ark of the covenant represents God's presence. Phinehas and Hophni took the Ark of the Covenant out to battle with the Philistines. But they touched the holy thing with unholy hands. Now you would figure when you bring God's presence, it's automatic victory. But when you live outside of the rule of the Lamb, the will of God, then what God does is God steps back and lets you have your way. So they bring the Ark of the Covenant out to battle thinking if we bring God's presence with us, Surely we will have battle. We will have victory. But because they had unholy hands, a holy God stepped back and let them have their way. 30,000 people died. Why? Because two scoundrels. Whose victory are you holding back? What inheritance are you blocking up and holding up for your family? What curse it's still running rampant in your family that you didn't stand up and stop it in the bloodline because you stood up 
and honored the presence of God. They dishonored his presence. Ichabod was the son's name. The glory represents this. Number one, write it down. God's favor and blessings. Somebody shall restore the glory. Not only does it represent God's favor and blessings, but it represents death and sacrifice. In order to get the glory of God, there has to be a sacrifice. And that sacrifice requires death. And then, of course, the glory represents God's presence. Somebody shout, restore the glory. When Jesus died, he came and resurrected to restore the glory of God. The resurrection was more than just Jesus getting up out of the grave. It was to resurrect the power and the glory of God in the earth realm. Matthew gives us an account, 17, chapter number 17. And it says, after six days, Jesus took him, James, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured. In other words, he had a glorified body. Before them, his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Moses and Elijah. Moses as an apostle and Elijah as the prophet. Ah, y'all missed that. The church is built on the apostles and the prophets. And Jesus as the revelation. Talking with Jesus. Not only that, but we see three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus are talking. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And the voice from the clouds said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Can I tell you something? Don't ever open up your mouth in a moment that God is trying to show you something. Oh, but yeah, let me say this. Don't say nothing when you're supposed to be listening to something. P- Peter interrupted this glorious moment with God to open up his mouth. Some of us talk too much. Tell you never you talk too much. And you never shut up. Uh, you, you know, we, we, we got to be careful when God show up as times where we're supposed to be listening, but we're talking. There's a, there's, there's a time where we're supposed to be seeing, but yet we're speaking. And that's what church should be like when we come into the glory of God. We shouldn't come to speak, but we should come to hear and to see. Because it's in the hearing and the season that we're seeing that we'll see the manifestation of God's glory being revealed in our lives. Because sometimes you can mess up a moment with God because you don't say it too much. Some of our prayer lives are filled with words. So many words that God can't even get in edgewise something to say to you. We come to God with all of our problems when we should be listening for the solutions. That's when the glory of God is made manifest. Watch this, not in what you say, but in what you hear. Oh, God. Oh, God. God will manifest mightily, uh, mightily, not by what you say, but by what you hear of what God has said. 
Peter opens his mouth. And in the midst of that, God speaks and says, this is my son whom I will please. Listen to him. Somebody say, listen, Linda. God wants you to listen to him. He's not looking for you just to talk to him, but he wants you to listen to him. And when the disciples heard this, they all fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man had been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure Elijah comes and will what? (laughs) But I tell you, Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him. But have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking about, talking to them about John the Baptist. I'll say it again. Don't speak when you're supposed to be listening. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And the voice came from the cloud. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. And in him. Listen to him. So here it is. Jesus is looking to restore back the glory of God. But the church have to understand where we are. So how do we get back to the glory? How do we get the glory back? Number one, write it down, then I'm done. Number one is we have to respond. Oh, y'all had no idea. First, you've got to respond. Because he's going to ask the question, but if you don't ever respond to the question, you never get the answer. So to get the glory back, you have to respond. First, we want to talk, but first we must listen. And then we have to respond to the question that's being asked. So you have to respond. Somebody shout, respond. But you not only have to respond, but you have to release. Because some of us are holding on to some things that we shouldn't be holding on to. Some of us are holding on to some past hurts and pains, and we got to let it go. Somebody shall let it go. Uh, Mary met Jesus at the tomb, and when she realized who Jesus was, he, she, he said, daughter, Mary, she realized who he was, and she went to hold on to him. She went to hold on, but Jesus said, don't hold me, release me, for I have not yet ascended. In other words, I hadn't got my glorified body yet. Some of us are holding on to natural things to the point where we can't receive spiritual things. And there are some natural things that we're holding on to that are weighing us down to the point where we can't go into the glory of God because we've got so much weight on our shoulders. Some of y'all couldn't even worship God today because of all the weight that you're holding on to. Somebody shall release it. You, you, you can't even worship God because of all the weight on your shoulder. You're just sitting there with your arms folded and you just know oh, her. Thinking about this, that, and the other. We should be thinking about Jesus. Somebody shout, release it. You got to respond. You got to release. And to get the glory restored, you have to receive. You got to open up yourself to receive God's presence. But the last thing is where many church folk never really get to a place. We respond. We release. 
and receive. But the last one is really for the glory of God to really made manifest in your life. You have to run. You got to run. Jesus came to restore the glory. But he just didn't want the glory to rest on a few. You got to run with the gospel. You got to run and declare what God has said and what God has done. Mary ran and she told the other disciples that the glory is here. Jesus, he was so impressed that he did not ascend to the Father, that he waited a whole another 40 days before he ascended to the Father. He was so impressed that Mary ran out. She received the glory of God. She viewed the glory of God. She told others about the glory. Jesus said, wow. So for 40 days, of which we're now into this 40-day coming approaching Pente, Pentecost, where the glory falls down. Jesus for 40 days as Josephus says one theologian said that Jesus showed himself to over 500 people out there telling them about the glory being revealed now it's strange that of the 500 only 120 showed up My question to you today is, who's going to run with this gospel? Are you going to respond, release, and receive just for yourself? Are you going to come and soak up the glory of God and the blessings of God and the faith of God and the promises of God? Are you going to keep them to yourself or are you going to go out there and run and share it with somebody else? You know, tied in with the old text. There was 120 priests and 120 disciples. 120 priests, watch, they were all in unison, singing and praising. And as they all were in unison, the glory of God filled the temple. Then 120 shows up in this room as one accord. And what happens? The glory of God fills the house. See, when when we're on one accord, worshiping and praising God, God will fill the house. And that's what he's looking to do to restore the glory. But there has to be a unification of the body so that the glory of God will fill the house. But we need some runners. We need some What was the Olympian, Michael? That's him. We need some Michael Johnsons. We need some Usain Boats. We need some Jesse Owens. Some Jackie Joyner. We we need some Carl Lewis's. Some people who would run with the gospel so that the glory of God, watch, will fill the earth. Would you bow your heads with me today? There's a scripture that says in 1 Peter chapter number 5, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. When the chief shepherd appears, when Jesus Christ appears, you're going to receive a crown of glory that will never fade away. Now, some of us thinking that 
It's when he comes back for the second advent. No. He's appeared already so that you can wear this crown of glory, not in glory, but right now. You don't have to wait to receive this crown. This crown he wants to adorn on your head right now. This is not the crown that the 24 elders cast at his feet for all the great and wonderful works. No, this is a glory crown that you can wear right now. And this glory crown will never fade away. Because the glory crown represents his presence and his blessings and his favor. So everywhere you go, people should experience the presence of God. If you're here today, we'll start first in the pardon of your sins. Those who have not received Christ in the pardon of their sins. This first appeal to you. The second one is for those of you who are backslidden. And you want to get your life right with Christ. That appeal is for you. And then there'll be others here today that say, you know what, I've been running but I got tired and weary and now I'm just on the sideline but I want to get back into the race that appeal is for you I'm going to pray after which I want you to make a decision to give your life to Christ to come back to him or to fall deeper in love with him and get back in the race Father now in the name of Jesus I declare that your glory has filled this house touch each and every heart you know, every part of their lives, everything they have done and every, everything, God, that they were supposed to do but did not do. You know their obedience and disobedience. You know their righteousness and unrighteousness. And Father, today I ask that you will search their hearts, prick their hearts, and let them make a decision today to turn back to you. If you're here today and the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart to respond to one of those appeals, Today, today, make a decision. You have to respond. You have to release. And you have to receive. So you can run this race called life in Jesus Christ. If that's you today, would you simply slip your hand in the air today? Backslidden. Getting your life right with Christ. Accepting him for the first time. Falling deeper in love with him, you have fallen short on the wayside. That's you today. Just slip your hand in, in the air. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you the praise. Even those of you online today, if you're making a decision, just put it in the box below. Let us know. Hashtag save me. Make that your simple plea today. Save me. There's a number on the screen below. Call that number. We have intercessors waiting to pray with you. 225-503-0706. Let them know the decision you have made today. Or simply send us a prayer request at elevatechurchbr.com. Prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. I make my last appeal to you today. Lift your heads up. If you don't have a church home, today is the day for you to get connected. Join. To 225-361-2016 but if you're in the sanctuary today and you don't have a church home and you need to get connected would you simply lift your hand in there if that's you anybody today I see you sir anyone else anyone else come on clap our hands and give God some praise come on celebrate let's celebrate the one that has come come on let's clap our hands real loud 
And we love to welcome our new family simply by shouting them out. Elevate! 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 Hallelujah. Somebody was off key there. Y'all wasn't in unison, but we're Amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, stand to your feet as we close out today and make way for our 1115 service on today. We thank God for all of our first time, second time, even third time visitors being here with us this morning. Amen. I would love to shake your hand, greet you in the foyer. I would ask for those of you who are departing the building that you would exit my right, your left through those doors, my left, your right through those doors. If you're signing up for the workplace skills program or any of the ministries, you can go through the front door. Uh, just we ask that you don't gather in large crowds as we're making way for the 1115 service. But I would love to shake your hand and meet you and greet you in the parking lot as we close out in prayer. Amen. God bless you. We love you and keep you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you for your presence here, Lord God. We thank you for everything that you have done on this morning, Lord. And we pray that you will continue to keep us, Lord God, and cover us, Lord God. Take us, Lord God, on a journey with you, Lord God, that is just so enlightening, Lord God, and so encouraging and beautiful. Lord, we just thank you for your presence here. And we thank you, Lord God, for everything that we're about to walk through, Lord God, with you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So you.